What's going on, gym bros and gym girls? My name is James, and welcome to episode 16 of Gym Bro Talks. Today, we got a special guest on the show here, Ryan Schmidley. How are you doing today, Ryan? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Again, thanks for, so much for coming on to the show. So, man, I, I want to keep today's talk as real as we can. Um, you know, we'll talk about we'll talk about fitness. We'll talk about the gym. We'll talk about nutrition, whatnot. But I do want to keep the the talk as real as possible. Um, but you know what? Do you want to start? Kind of. I, a lot of people know you already. Uh, but why don't you kind of give everyone a little bit of a you know description of you know, how you got into fitness, who you are, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the reason I got into fitness started playing soccer when I was about, gee, I don't even know, like four or five years old, played soccer all the way up every single year until I was like 18, 19, um, was going to go to college for it, uh, committed to a school, like eight D1 offers, I think. And then beginning of my senior year of high school, had an injury in my hip that was just kind of lingering. I couldn't really run on it, so I didn't practice. I would just continue to play the games, and then it was just bad enough. Got an MRI, and my labrum was torn. They had to go in, fix that with surgery, cut off part of my femur. It was eight-month-long recovery time. Couldn't walk for three months, so I was pretty much like pretty much my entire life had just changed right in that moment. So I was like, damn, I still have all this energy. I don't want to just sit around and get fat because I was running six to ten miles a day six days of the week and I was doing absolutely nothing, not even being able to walk. It was like, mm -hmm. okay, like I got to do something. So that's kind of what got me into the gym and allowed me to focus my energy somewhere else. So that's how I first got started. And then in terms of social media, uh, I was a pre-med student doing my freshman year of college down at Florida Gulf Coast University down in Fort Myers, Florida. And I, I saw people on social media and I was like, like these people like don't look that crazy. It doesn't seem like they know that much. Like if they can do it, then I'm pretty sure I can do that. So I was pretty much determined to just succeed on social media. I was posting three to five times per day, every single day on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, like I, I know I can make this happen. I know like the more I post, the more I'm going to understand how the algorithm works, the better my content's going to get. So it's pretty much inevitable to succeed and gain a following. And at that point, just being able to like land sponsorships, brand deals, that sort of thing. And that's kind of what got, to, got me to where I am now. 100%, 100%. Yeah, thanks for that story, man. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine like being really young and, 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 and having that sort of hip injury and not being able to walk for three months, man, I'd be so fucking depressed, dude. But no, it's good. It's good. You got through it. Are you, you, you said you were in pre-med. Are you still, are you going to med school now or no? No, no. Um, I was going to go to a specialty school to do sports acupuncture because that's something that I did, uh, for my rehab that completely helped literally right when I got back from the hip injury, I still had aspirations to play soccer yeah. and like I saw plenty of schools interested. So like my first game back the following year, I, some, something happened to my knee. Somebody like took on my knee or something, but pretty much same thing. Like it was supposed to be like a super devastating, like long knee injury. Yeah. Went to see this sports acupuncturist who works for the Buffalo bills and the NFL he fixed my knee in about 30 minutes when like a traditional doctor told me like, yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything on it for five, six months. And I was like, okay, this is crazy. I want to be able to know how to do this to help other athletes, like young people like 100%. myself, old people, professional athletes get the same kind of treatment. So I was going to go to a acupuncture school down in Florida. So I did my freshman year and I did, I forget how many credits, but I could, 
on paper, it's about doing, it's about completing like my junior year. So I completed all the credits necessary in, uh, in one year. So th- pretty much three years of college in one year to uh, then go and finish my senior year mm-hmm. and get my bachelor's and master's all in the same program. So I I, it's not like a, it's not like a traditional program. So not technically completing pre-med, but pretty close. Right, right, right. And sports acupuncture, is that literally like, uh, I know what acupuncture is, but sports acupuncture mm-hmm. is just like specialized towards like athletes. Is that is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit different. Um, so there's like dry needling where acupuncture, they'll just like work on little trigger points yeah. and sports acupuncture, it's doing that sort of stuff. But then there's also like rehabilitating the muscle with it. So you can hook up, are you, are you familiar with like electrical stent therapy? Is that the one you, you do the acupuncture and you connect it to like kind of like a cable and then it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's that, that exact same thing. So it's that. And then like, there, you, I could go crazy in depth and in detail, but it's pretty much like those two things combined and it completely healed me within 30 minutes for my knee problem and wow. that that's what kind of got me interested in it the, at the beginning wow no that's awesome man that's awesome and so no it's it's good to see like how big you are on on tiktok which is why i feel super grateful that you came onto the show today because um i think you're you're very popular especially among you know the the the, the young guys that are aspiring to be bodybuilders because obviously your physique is incredible. Um, and I think one of the biggest Thank things, you. I appreciate that. yeah, no, no worries, man. I mean, like you're like, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get like you, man. I, I'm, I've been working out for a while. I think genetically, I just don't have like the best shoulder shoulders, but you know, yeah. you, you're known to have like really big, like fucking round juicy ass shoulders. And yeah. Like, what is the, what do you think is the, like, the key to building big shoulders like that? Yeah, so I give the same answer every time, and I guarantee, like, everybody who watches this who, like, doesn't really like me, it's just going to be like, oh, like, he's just on gear, like, that's why his shoulders are so uh-huh. big. Literally, when I started, I, I wouldn't train chest, I wouldn't train arms, I would do pull-ups, squats, and lateral raises pretty much every single day, so I, I would literally go to the gym and do, like, 400 lateral raises and oh my, my shoulders goodness. just blew up and I would progressive overload. Like when I started, I was doing like 30, 35 pounds on lateral raises for sets like 12 to 15. Like right when I started, I was like, like, like that's pretty much unheard of for like, like a newbie lifter type thing. Uh-huh. And now I could, now I could do like 55, 60, 65 pounds for like a clean set of 10 to 12. So it's really just continuing to progressive overload and then doing them like four times a week. I made a TikTok about this just like, people try to complicate things so much and get so scientific about everything. But if you want big shoulders and you want them to look big from the front, you got to grow that medial head. And it's, it's basically just growing them as wide as possible. And that's all lateral raises do just go super heavy partials, heavy full range of motion, obviously as heavy as you can with proper form doing stupid drop sets. I do this one set. It's literally a five minute set straight through eight reps, heavy 12 reps, light, just repeat that for five minutes straight. And I'll, I'll do that like at the end of my shoulder workout after like just my normal sets of lateral raises, cable, cable lateral raises, dumbbell press, training rear delts, uh, traps, all that stuff. So it's really just like a crazy amount of volume because mm-hmm. eventually they will get accustomed to it and you're just forcing them to grow. So right. that's really all it comes down to. I uh, fucking love lateral raises, dude. Like spam lateral raises is the best way to go. Um, I, mm-hmm. yesterday I tried for the first time. I don't know if you've tried this one before, but you, you, you get these two cable machines beside you and then, and then you're doing your lateral raises to the side here. 
bro that one's a killer um yeah i saw jpg do that he he put me on that my gym right now doesn't have that machine to where like it's set up like that but uh -huh. when i go like i'm pretty sure every la fitness has those when i when i go there that that machine is killer yeah dude i love that because because the thing with like the i guess like the line of pull is like because i guess when you're doing your dumbbells at the bottom you don't get as much tension as you were if you were mm -hmm. to get on the top so with like that machine you get kind of get like constant tension throughout the whole motion not to say like dumbbell pressing is not good like it's probably like the like it's like the it's the og man like you can't you can never go wrong mm -hmm. with the dumbbells but like i guess you know i i understand what you're saying when you th when you said like you know people overcomplicate things like because from my understanding you're supposed to let your muscles rest and recover for a little bit before you hit them again so what do you think was like the like how do you think that worked because did you like never get sore um after your shoulder workouts? i would get sore i would get sore but i would kind of treat it as like soccer and conditioning so we would have like i, I played at a decently high level uh of soccer so we would have pretty much one hard conditioning day three or four days after our last game day uh -huh. and then it was spaced out in between games properly but every single day we were still doing like sprint work agility work yeah pretty much conditioning every day just not as hard so i would kind of do it the same structure so with lateral raises it's that same thing like i kind of listen to my body for everything i train i listen to my body and yeah. see how i feel determining how heavy and how intense i want to go but like if i feel okay i'm just go balls out and just train super hard and heavy very intense and then maybe the next day i'm a little sore so I'm going to do like three quarters of the weight or half the weight yeah. to get a lot of blood in there. And, uh, but like, you're still training it. You're still activating that muscle and stimulating it enough for growth. And at that point right. it's helping with recovery too, because you're just getting more blood in there to actually help flush everything out. So oh, it's not yeah. like it's super hard and heavy, like four times per week, but like there's definitely times I've done that as well. And it, it's really just like um, the amount of volume you do over time. As long as you can tell, like you're waking up in the morning and your shoulders aren't in like a screaming pain where you're at the point of, okay, like maybe I should take a break and yeah. you're pretty much good to train. Oh, hundred percent, man. I actually never thought about it like that. Like you still train it, but you just don't, I guess you just don't go as, as hard as you did the previous day. Um, I'm going to try that, man. Cause I've always wanted big shoulders. It's, it's fucking, it's tough, especially when I, when I don't have the, the genetics for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hey I know you were you just mentioned like oh like people are always like oh I fucking Ryan's on on gear. Um and I remember a while back, bro, when you came on to my FYP and this is like what I remembered you for, but I I know you don't do it anymore. Which is like you were microdosing uh I don't know if it was like mm -hmm. testosterone or whatever, but I was I was following up with that cuz I was always so interested in that cuz myself I've been te tempted so many times to fucking start peds but i kind of always stop myself because i know it's it's probably not the right way to go but how did that go man like how, how did the microdosing go yeah so i don't know if you've seen like the entire like storyline of that that was a shit show like oh. i started with uh a 50 milligram microdose of trend or yeah. what i thought was trend at the time right. i did that for i don't know like two to four weeks and I was, I wasn't really feeling anything. Uh -huh. So I just doubled it to a hundred to right. see if I noticed the difference or anything. And at that same time, at the start, I doubled my test from 130, like the TRT that I was prescribed, which, which is all I run now, uh, to 250. Uh -huh. So like pretty much right under doubling my test. And I was feeling the benefits of that, but in terms of like the trend, I didn't feel any of the benefits. So that's why I doubled that. 
And then I got my blood work done two weeks after that. And it came back better than when I was on just TRT. And I was uh-huh. like, okay, uh, <laughs> that's not right. Like it, it shouldn't be like that. So I made a, I made a video like talking about all this and like going over my blood work and everything. Yeah. And I, I started to get suspicious of it because I was, I just wasn't seeing the results I was told and what right. I was under the impression I would be getting with that. Right. So I, I got like a gear test kit and had it tested back up in home in New York and it, it came back negative for everything. So I was injecting just, a, just like a random oil. It, like it literally could have just been nothing or at one point, maybe at the beginning it, it, it was fine and then oh, it just went fun, bunk. Dude. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's uh-huh. like, like it was literally just in my dresser in my room. So I don't know. Like I don't think there would be a temperature change drastic enough for it to go <laughs> right. bunk. Yeah. But I, I don't know. So I made a video about that, about like, it being bunk and everyone was like no nah, like you're just capping you just didn't get the results you want i was like okay like whatever like i tried but I, I if i do anything again like that in the future i'm definitely going to document it again in the same way because right people don't like first of all people lie about what they're actually taking 100%. or just like don't address it at all and then for someone to actually come out and go like step by step what they're doing like that's a really cool concept to be able to see like he's taking this dose like this is how it affects them these are the positives negatives like this everything associated with it like people don't really do that i haven't really seen that much on uh much on social media so i thought it was a really cool idea and uh, a way to be transparent with my audience yeah i've never seen that type of stuff before which is why that that those videos were so engaging for me because i was so curious about you know what someone would mm-hmm. go through when they were taking um especially with the microdose of of peds because for myself i'm like I always wanted to get like an above average physique. And so I would never mm-hmm. try and go for like a large dosage right away. Cause then there's probably a lot of cons that come with it, like a lot of side effects. Mm-hmm. And so like a microdosing for me would have been in my mind, the best way to go. And like to see that on my FYP, got me really curious, but I guess like, are you like thinking, considering of doing it in the future? Cause I know you're kind of against PDs, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like after that, it was just like my my perspective on everything and my audience because like I saw the reaction to that online, obviously. So I I kind of like had an epiphany of like okay, I have this platform. I just want to preach to all like the younger kids who are coming up. Yeah. Like just stay away from SARMs. Just do it, Natty. Stay safe for as long as possible. If you want to do that down the road, when you're actually like when your brain's finished developing and your body's more settled down in terms of hormones and everything, like yeah, that's fine. Like that's your choice. But at the end of the day, I'm not their dad. I'm not gonna be able to stop them from doing something if someone wants to do something they're going to do it i just figured like i'd put that message out there and uh and go that route but now like in terms of what i would personally do in the future i don't know it depends on if i would compete or not if i compete then yeah obviously just because like i'm already on trt so i can't do a natural show and like if i'm going to be on stage against unnaturals then like i'm just going to get smoked with like without anything so i don't know if i compete then i would definitely do like a little bulking cycle and then obviously like whatever I need to do to go into the show, but I'm not like yeah. that big in the bodybuilding as well. I'd, I'd, re- I'd really rather just do like a full prep and like get down to that body fat percentage and then just do like a photo shoot or something. I don't really care about stepping on stage, doing all like the posing routines, that stuff. And then like the ju- judging is subjective as well. I'd really just kind of do it for myself. But at the same time, I know a lot of people out there would like to see me like go through that and document it all because it, th- those series on social media are really fun to follow. And it's, really cool to especially as a creator who's being transparent in that about like everything i'd be taking i feel like i could offer a lot of value to the audience through doing something like that so it's definitely something i'm playing with but i gotta be in like the right stage of my life to do something like that 
yeah, I, I feel the same way, man. Like, I think, um, like, stepping on the stage is not really my thing either. I think you just, like, kind of just do it for yourself. You look good. You look good. Um, where do you think, you know, obviously a lot of kids these days, they're, they're, I've talked about this in another episode, but, you know, they're, they're looking at TikTok. They think they're looking at all these guys that are, you know, on PEDs and Enhance, and they think that they want to get into it. And I think a lot of people advise against it. But as you said, kids are kids. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it anyway. So where do you think is like, how did they, how can they find the best, like good source, like a, a trust of someone they can trust to help them do it? Because, you know, like if they could, if they don't know how to do it, they could like fucking buy a bottle of whatever steroid and just like inject like five, 600 milligrams or whatever. It's just something that's like unsafe. Um, what do you think is like the best way to go about it if someone were to do it? Yeah. So obviously just PSA again, I'm advising you guys not to stay safe, stay natural as long as yeah. possible. It's going to be more re rewarding in the end for you unless your goal is to be an IPB pro and then that's a different story. But if that's the case and you're trying to have this certain physique in a certain time period, I'd recommend the safest way of going about it is literally hiring a coach, somebody who's done that type of thing, written the protocols, the PCTs for everybody, walked everybody through it for countless times before for their own shows. It's the same concept. You're just probably not stepping on stage yet. You just got to add more size. So it's the same thing, but a coach isn't really going to work with like a young teen or somebody who's not like 18 yeah. years old who, who's trying to go to that IFBB level at some point. Right. So I'd say like 18 is kind of that barrier for them to work with a coach. Before that, if a kid's really trying to do that and like they're dead set on doing like going down that road, road of being unnatural, look at the guys like Greg Doucette, more plates, more dates. Just watch every single video they make mm -hmm. about whatever you're talking about, whatever compound you're thinking about, the positives, negatives, how to PCT, everything related to that, getting your full blood work done, getting a full meta metabolic panel done knowing every variable possible and then you got to go down that road but honestly most kids probably aren't going to do that it's just oh i can i can get this from this guy it's supposed to make me bigger i'm i'm just gonna shoot it in my butt and i'm gonna get big <laughs> and strong like they don't yeah. really think about the consequences in terms yeah. of their health like down the road how it could impact their livelihood their mental state all that sort of stuff because a lot of times from people i've talked to they'll be on cycle even like professional bodybuilders they'll be on cycle feeling super sick great like good mentally physically everything's great and then as soon as they hop off if their pct doesn't go perfect they'll they'll go down physically and then mm -hmm. mentally as well they'll go into like a depressive state because all their hormones are out of whack and that's what kids don't really acknowledge or realize nowadays they really only look at the positives and they've got that tunnel vision on seeing what they want to see yeah exactly man exactly and especially with SARMs, right? These SARMs are so accessible these days. You can walk into a supplement store and just get a bottle of SARMs. And then you mm -hmm. might, and you know, for a lot of guys, I know a lot of guys regret it after. Like they'll take, they'll, they'll take the whole bottle and after they, they hop off that SARM, fucking testosterone's all time low. Can't even get hard. And like, it's just, you know, it's, it's not worth it, man. Like if you, if you, if you really wanted to do it, you just you got to do a lot of of freaking research and really mm -hmm. make sure you're doing it safely and really make sure you're getting that PCT right because you know a lot of things could go wrong if 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 any of those aren't uh, done properly. Exactly. But yeah, man. Yeah. 
So I was gonna I was gonna ask about some of the I was going through some of your TikToks and I saw a video of you doing your boom uh Smith machine back row and, it, and you, you mentioned it was like a like a underrated exercise that a lot of people don't do. Um, what would you say is the benefit of a Smith machine back row compared to a regular barbell back row? Uh, I love this question, but basically Smith machine back row, obviously yeah. the bar path is restricted, is controlled. It's not going anywhere. Barbell, traditional barbell at least, bar can be going any which way your size can be uneven you can have one side pulling more than the other so for that reason i like smith machine a little bit more it's just way more controlled you can have that same bar path the entire movement and you're able to kind of lean forward and backward change your chest angle change the point of emphasis of the muscles that you're working in your back and then it's way easier to progressively overload as well on that because that bar path is mm. restricted you can you can get away with cheating the weight a little bit more but still having proper form so right. in terms of like the actual effort you're putting into it, because that bar path is controlled, you may be able to lean back a little bit more or lean forward a little bit more, whatever it is that makes you feel more comfortable. But your your body is still going to be doing the same mechanical function and still in that same movement pattern. Whereas if you were to do that on a free bar, if you try leaning back a little bit, you're not going to target the muscle that you're trying to target at all. So that's personally why I like the Smith machine over the traditional barbell. And just like the contraction I get on that is insane for pronated and supinated grip. I feel like I can just do way more on the Smith machine barbell than the traditional barbell. I know a lot of like people shit on like the barbell rows because you're in this position where you're working like your glutes and your hamstrings and your low back and whatnot. And I think a lot of people, they get tired in those areas instead of their back and so they'll prefer stuff like you know chest supported t-bar rows and, and whatnot like what do you think is kind of do you think that it's like an uh a product are there you know lower body just underdeveloped like should they keep doing should they try to keep doing the barbell rows until they get used to it or is do you think that these are it's just kind of not for everyone like it's just some people do just chest supported t-bar rows instead I feel like that that comes down to a thing where for the, their lower back and their legs telling them that, okay, like maybe this isn't for me, that's just their body telling them, okay, here's a weak point of ours. Like we kind of have to address this. Cause for me, that's always been my grip strength. So for the longest time I would just like, I would use wrist straps for everything or, yeah. or lifting straps for everything. Just so I would take the forms out of the equation. So I could yeah. do heavier weight and pass like my body's capabilities and force the targeted muscles to grow. But in, ter in terms of this, like switching out like a Smith machine or barbell row because your, your hamstrings, glutes, lower back isn't, isn't strong enough to be able to hold the weight that you're trying to move and then hopping onto a seated chest row or chest support T-bar row or something like that, you're just kind of skipping over your weak points. And I, I regret uh, now like I ever see. using lifting straps because now I'm just trying to catch up on the forearm strength. So I have to directly train forearms I like see. three, four times a week. Because no matter what, like, you're going to have to face that issue down the line. So I would just go as heavy as you can and do, like, as much volume as you can while keeping proper form. And those weak points are slowly going to catch up because you're going to have to come to terms with them eventually. You can't just avoid that forever. Yeah. And I guess thinking about it now, your, your, your weak muscles 
grow a little bit faster, I think, than your strong muscles do. So it does catch up anyway in the end. Um, I, I think I recently started using straps for my back workouts, but then I get, you get people like, I don't know if you know Big Ron Jones. Uh, I was talking to Big mm-hmm. Ron Jones and he's like, don't, he's like, don't do use straps, man. Just like, just power it through it. And so I think this is like a controversial exactly. topic. There's a lot of people that say use straps and then there's some people that say don't use straps. But I think, you know, try not to use straps for, for as long as you can. And if you, if you really feel that it doesn't work out, maybe do like one or two sets with straps, you know? Exactly. Like there are times when I use straps when, when I'm trying to do like super heavy dumbbell rows, it's like, okay, this is my top set. Like I know I can't hold this weight without straps, but my muscle is strong enough to move that weight. Then that's the situation where I would use straps. But other than that, I'm always trying to keep in my head, like, okay, you got to be working on grip strength, work on your forearm, just kind of do it without straps to kind of force that muscle to grow. Mm. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I want to go back to, sorry, the PEDs really quickly, since we were talking about PEDs, and I, I forgot to talk about one thing. I think one of the, the, the big questions that a lot of people have is, do your balls actually get small on, on PEDs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've been on TRT now for about a year and a half, and they definitely get smaller. <laughs> so is it, so, I'm, my yeah. question is, you're, you're on TRT because you're naturally deficient in testosterone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so last year at college, like right when I got to college, I'd, I'd been aware of the symptoms for a while, but I just didn't really think anything of it. I didn't know, like the symptoms I were feeling were symptoms of low testosterone. And then in one of my lectures, we we're going over uh, endocrinology and like the symptoms of low testosterone. I was like, oh shit, like I, I have every single one of those. So that week I got my blood work drawn, got like a full panel done. I think it came back at like 360 which isn't great as a 19 year old. Like I, w- I wasn't lean. I wasn't dieting. I, I, like there was, there was nothing wrong with my sleep. There was no outside factor to have my levels be that low. Right. So I got it done three more times. Each time we would try something different. Like I tried the creams. I tried like the stupid testosterone boosters that I knew would do nothing. Mm-hmm. Tried just changing up my diet, adding more fats, changing up the style of food that I was eating nothing worked right and then after the fourth time i think it came back at like 300 i was like all right guys like like i don't i don't want to keep feeling like this yeah and that, that was when they prescribed me trt that was when i was 19 so a year and a half ago right what were some of the symptoms in case you know there's some people out there that kind of mm-hmm. had the same thing and want to go get checked out is it i assume it's like kind of low mood maybe like kind of yeah. ed or whatever yeah, so like very low sex drive, even like if you are in a situation where you could, uh, like, like if you are in a sexual situation, it's just yeah. you're not going to be interested in that. You're yeah. not going to be able to participate in that. Uh-huh. For me, the biggest one was just general fatigue and lack of recovery in general. I Obviously, see. I was big into working out, but I just like no matter how long I gave my muscles rest, I couldn't get like a full recovery. And then sleep problems. I was always tired, but. I couldn't get like a full, like proper recovery through mm-hmm. sleep. But like I would sleep eight hours and I would just not feel recovered at all. Mm. And it was like, I studied sleep a lot because I knew the importance of that throughout soccer and recovering for that. So I knew how important proper sleep was. And I, I knew something was wrong with that. So the biggest ones for me were like just the overall lethargy, the sleep problem, uh, low libido. And then there's other like, little random problems like you can run joint joint issues 
mm. not being able to put on muscle as much. But I didn't mm. really know like the muscle part. Um, I, like I was still pretty new to the gym, like a year or two into lifting, like lifting in terms of growing muscle at that point. So I didn't know if that was just how it was for everybody or if that was just something for me. So I didn't really realize that building muscle so slowly was just because of my low testosterone. Mm. But looking back, I can definitely see how that like played a part. Because as soon as I hopped on TRT, I think I gained like 15, 20 pounds of oh, wow. pretty lean mass within like eight to 10 months. Wow. And they could never yeah. find the root cause of what caused the deficiency. It was, I guess, just like genetic. It's Yeah, I was just told it's like a genetic predisposition. And like I, after hearing that, I kind of looked into like the declining levels of testosterone in men. And it seems a lot of it nowadays coming from like the increased technology and the microplastics in our food just a higher processed food just oh. less quality whole foods that that whole thing which i mean it makes sense uh to a certain extent but if you look if you study into like the declining levels of testosterone you can just see over time like the, the more advancement we have as humanity the lower testosterone levels the average american has interesting so, i didn't know that mm -hmm. so now that you're on trt are you I know one of the videos you said you were kind of like in a normal range, but are mm -hmm. you, do you feel like you are kind of above average? Like did, so the, the doctor prescribes the amount of amount of dosage you do, right? Or can you choose mm -hmm. that you want it to be like above average or no? The, they'll prescribe you a dosage and then like you'll have routine blood work done where you, you see where your levels are at, at what dosage. Mm -hmm. So my, I was first prescribed like, 160 i think and my uh my test came back over a thousand and then we bumped it down to 140 and it was still pretty high so dropped it down to 130 in injecting every other day for most stable levels so there's no like spikes and valleys obviously it's gonna be the the healthiest way to go about it so that's what i do so 130 is kind of the best dose for me where it puts me between like eight to nine hundred tests which is still it's like the high end of the range mm -hmm. but it's not like, there's natties out there who have higher tests than me. It's not super mm. physiological. Mm. Do you have to do this but for the in rest terms of your life? Like, yeah, yeah. Mm, I see. So, like, if it were if it were a choice from, like, if, if I had the choice of doing a cycle and then having to be stuck with TRT for the rest of my life, I just wouldn't do that because it's annoying having to stick a needle in your ass every now and then. Like, yeah. I, I don't like it. And then it gets built up with scar tissue, too, so it's just harder to push in. You constantly got to work it out because oh. like especially when like when i was doing the like the microdose like yeah. that whole cycle injecting two needles every other day was really annoying and mm -hmm. like it, it got sore a lot you got to switch up like injection spots pretty often so it's not something that i necessarily like to do but it's pretty much something i have to do so it's, yeah there's no point in like truly complaining about it or crying about it because i can't change it so it's whatever right 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 gotcha um, so I know you, I noticed you haven't trained, you said you, you haven't trained your shoulders in like four months. Why is that? Yeah. So my shoulders were just like, I love training shoulders. They were the favorite muscle group of mine to yeah. train and they, they would react very well to training because like when I first started working out, even if I was hitting legs and I was just in between sets, I would just go over to the dumbbell and do lateral raises. It's like, fuck it. Why not? I like doing this. But my shoulders just got to a point where they were too big in proportion to my arms because I have already underdeveloped arms to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then my genetic strong point is my shoulders. So it just looked kind of comical how big my shoulders were to 
the actual size of my arms. So right. I just completely took shoulders out of my training to focus on growing my chest and arms. So everything would just kind of be more proportional on the upper body. Gotcha. So I just kind of eliminated that volume altogether and spread it out over my chest and arms. And my arms grew over an inch in those four months. So wow. obviously like it did what I wanted it to do. And people in my comments on that video are talking about like, why would you like, why wouldn't you just like lower the volume? You just lost all your gain. But like, I know how my shoulders react to stimulus. They're, they're going to explode right back up as soon as I train them heavy again. Right. So I'm not really worried about that. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I see. <clears throat> What's the next step for you as a content creator? Uh, YouTube. I'm putting out two to three YouTube videos a week now. Um, oh, nice. Like one themed video per week. I just did a 20,000 calorie challenge in one day. That was awful. Is that the one where you gained 20 pounds in a day? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that fuck, one. Dude. Yeah, that was that was brutal. So, I, stuff like that, I'll do like one of those types of videos every Sunday and then the other two videos for the week, I'll do Wednesday, Friday of just yeah. vlogs or like oh, nice. like like daily stuff. Just a little bit more low key, but to for the audience to kind of see who I am more as a person rather than just like a themed video, you know? hundred percent. So that's, that's where I'm focusing like most of my energy on like where I'm trying to grow. Yeah. That's how I want to be. I think it's better if the audience actually knows who you are and genuinely mm -hmm. likes you as a person. Cause you know, you, you don't want to be that one influencer that, you know, everybody hates or everybody just, just, you know, you come across them on your FYP and, and that's pretty much it. Um, Especially you don't want to be like a, like an influencer like V shred was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was fucked, dude. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> are you editing all your videos on like the ones you put mm -hmm. on YouTube? You edit all of those just because of editing is a lot of work, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, most of the time for all the vlogs, I'll film everything myself. It's either just me recording or like the engine stuff. I'll have it on a tripod and then just, every single set, every single rep is recorded from a different angle or something. So I have a lot to choose from to edit. And I kind of have an idea of mm -hmm. how, how I want the video to look as I'm filming everything. So it makes it a little bit easier. And mm -hmm. my one themed video every Sunday is me recording or hiring a videographer to film like the lifting portion, whatever the themed video is. Like I just did uh, Arnold's chest day. So I hired a videographer for just that part. And I only needed to film inside the gym because that's all the video was. Oh, I see. So I'll hire a videographer for that. And then all the editing is myself for, for every video, all three videos a week. And then most of the time for the theme video, I'll chop it up into a few smaller videos uh, formatted for TikTok. So I can post on there on YouTube shorts and Instagram reels as well, mm -hmm. just so I can get the most amount of traction and eyes going towards that video as possible. But it's a little bit harder for TikTok because they instantly sh shadow ban anything that says YouTube or Instagram or anything that's going to drive the audience off of the platform, right. which makes sense. Their entire business model is just keeping as many people on the platform for as long as possible. So it's understandable, but like all, all that work is still just myself. Yeah. So you spend the bulk of your time editing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I just filmed a damn the life yesterday for YouTube and it's like, I wake up, I cook, I work out, uh -huh. I edit, I cook, I edit. Like, yeah, that's my yeah, day. yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I guess like when you love doing it, it's not, it doesn't seem so much like work. It's just kind of part of your life. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely love like being able to have this type of an impact on people. I go through my DMs on Instagram literally every single day trying to answer as many people as possible. Uh -huh. And now with it being Men's Mental Health Month, 
like I've made multiple posts on TikTok talking about like, hey, if you guys need anything, just DM me on Instagram. Like I'll get back to you. Just keep sending me that message so it comes back to the top. I'll get back to everybody, I promise. And I'll go through a few hundred DMs every single day to where the point to the point where Instagram will ban me from answering DMs because they think I'm like a bot that's just trying what? to like take advantage of their no algorithm. Way. I've been banned from DMing two times within the past week. Like it just won't let me in the DMs at all. Just because I answer oh, yeah. so many DMs. So like seeing that those personal like one-on-one stories and having that personal one-on-one connection with people and seeing the impact that I actually have is the part of social media that I really love. Like seeing and feeling how I'm literally changing people's lives in terms of like weight loss, mentally, physically through like a transformation, whatever it may be. That's the stuff that really kind of like, I've never been the type to get motivated, but that's the stuff that kind of keeps me going. I've, I've always just kind of looked at my goal ahead and it's like, okay, I know how to get there. I'm going to do everything I can to get there. But seeing that, that's the stuff that makes me feel good. It's like, yeah, like this is why I'm doing this. Yeah, I I really respect you as like an influencer because I don't think a lot of people do it like that. And I think a lot of influencers out there are just trying to make a buck. And so it's great to see someone that is number one, transparent. Number two, really interacts with their fans and actually helps people and actually changes people's lives like them. Like it's crazy the amount of time that you actually spend going through DMs because I know most people, they're not going to go through the DMs. Um, but, no. you know, like if one day I get to where you are, that's what I want to do as well. That's what you should do. Like, like I've told like the other creator friends of mine, being as engaged with your audience as possible because they're there supporting you. You don't have anything without them. Mm-hmm. If somebody's sent, t- taking the time out of their day to go from TikTok to Instagram to mm-hmm. message you and like kind of open up their heart a little bit, be vulnerable with you. And then you see their DM and you're just like, oh, like I don't feel like answering this. Yeah. Like, th- that's fucked up. Like yeah. you're, you're just using them for money at that point. Like you, the way I see it is if you're going to follow me and take the time out of your day to message me, the least I can do is read it and have a conversation with you and, and try to help you any way I can. Because like these young kids or whoever it may be that look up to me, if I, if I don't pay them any attention, it's like, it's like, who am I as a person to deserve their support? I, I want to reach the point of like, like the Steve will do it type videos where I can literally change people's lives with like monetarily, whatever it may be, just literally changing someone's lives, like a family's lives in an instant. I want to be able to do stuff like that and go to college campuses and just do something and get rid of a college kid's student debt, like literally transform people's lives because that's the stuff mm. that I really enjoy doing. And I, right now mm. I'm kind of doing that on the best way I can with through like the DMs and like the more personal one-on-one stuff. Yeah. But eventually, obviously, I want to scale it up to that level. Bro, I think like at the end of the day, and I think a lot of people don't get this, like, because yeah, like, I guess you're not, you're what... Sorry, if you don't mind asking, you're 20, 23? 21. 21. I just turned 21 in March. Oh, bro, no way. I'm, I'm, I'm 21 as well. For some reason, hey. I thought you were, you were older than me. <laughs> nah, nah. It's the beard. Whenever I have a beard, people think I'm older. But I just kind of shaved it. No, yeah, I was going to say, bro, like at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of people don't get this. It's all about just helping people and just being happy at the end of the day. I think a lot of people, especially at our age, they're just trying to chase fame. They're trying to chase money. They're trying to chase girls. And bro, like, you know, those that stuff is good. That stuff is fun. But at the end of the day, if you want to be truly happy, you got to do, you know, you got to help other people. You got to have compassion and whatnot right and i think i see a lot of the same traits uh from you as noel dazel 
because like he he's like so he's like really big right he's got like what four or five million followers on tiktok and he still took the time to answer my dms and and message me back and everything and like when you're that famous i know like how busy you guys could be but you still took the time to like shoot me back a dm and still took the time to come on to the podcast which you know i really appreciate and i know like because of you guys doing this if one day i make it up there with a few million followers and some people asked me to do the same thing i'm not gonna say no like i'm gonna say yes like let me like help you out as much as i can so you know at the end of the day it's just like pass passing kindness around and like and i see this as an opportunity too like i love giving back in any way as possible just as many ways as i can provide value to people i'm trying to do that like I give all my workout programs and everything on my website for free, like nutritional plans, diet, like how to structure diet, all that stuff for free on my website, on my Instagram. I'm trying to give everybody that. I Half the DMs I get are like, I need guidance to this area. And I literally just like direct them to that. And it's like, oh my God, bro, you're a lifesaver. Like I was about to spend a hundred pounds on <laughs> this guy, uh, like this UK guy's program. It's, it's like, you just saved me so much money. Like, thank you. Like now I can buy groceries this week. So like offering value like that or doing stuff wow. like this where I can just talk about my time in social media, doing doing stuff like that where I can just provide different sorts of value and offer more insight into like who I am as a person and a creator just to like increase that reach and increase the amount of people I can impact positively. Like every, every creator should be doing as much as they can to do that and give back because like I said earlier, at the end of the day, you're nothing without your supporters. So you should be doing as much as they support you. You should be doing that tenfold to give back to them. Wow, some guy literally said now he can buy groceries this week. Man. He, he was debating buying a workout program and like cutting down to literally ramen packs of like j just eating ramen for like a week so he could buy some dude's workout program. Stupidly overpriced workout program. It was a six week program for yeah. 100 pounds, which is like 100 and what, 15, $120 US. Uh -huh. I was like, bro, j just go take a free workout program. Like, buy your food. Here's a program like sort yourself out if you need anything i'm here i got you like that like that's how crazy some some people's situations are and like other influencers trying to capitalize off that thing it's that's like fucked. just just try to give back as much as you can people are going to support you in the free ways of liking following engaging with your posts so it gets boosting algorithm like you don't necessarily need to just try to monetize everything I try to make my money like through yeah. the platform and from the people who, who use my codes with my sponsors and everything like that. Like that's how I try to make my money. I don't want to make my money directly off my followers because like my followers are young kids. They're, they're teenagers, college kids. Everybody in that demographic is pretty tight on money. I, I'm not trying to take a big chunk of their income to pay for like some stupid shit that I want. Like, no, I, I just want to have like a very balanced relationship with them. Yeah, I respect that a lot, man. I respect that a lot. Um, so, uh, yeah, because I didn't notice that all your programs were out for free. And I'm like, wait, like, because I, I don't see that often. Like, nobody really has their programs out for Because I know a lot of people can make a lot of money from programs. I've had, like, I have a few mm -hmm. friends that they sold programs and made over, like, they can make over, like, 20. Like, with even, like, just, a, like, a very small following, they can make over, like, 20,000 in, like, one or two months. So... Like I respect, I respect how much you're giving back to your followers, and I think, like, how do you, if you don't mind me asking, like, how, what, what, what is your the the bulk of your income come from then? If you're not, you know, selling selling programs, is it just from brand deals and whatnot? 
Yeah, so my income's pretty much broken down. There's like clothing, sponsorship, so salary plus commission from that. But I just left Raw Gear yesterday, so I don't have that right now. There's mm-hmm. clothing, and then supplement, um, salary plus commission for that. But I, I don't have a supplement company right now, so I don't have that uh, at the moment either. And then it's like random brand deals. So like I can't get into numbers, but for like an energy drink company for – a one or two TikToks, you might make like three or four thousand dollars, right? Um, like per t- per TikTok, and that's a lot of money. Like for a thirty second TikTok video, where you're literally just putting it in the video, tagging them, whatever it may be, right? Whatever their deliverables are. Gotcha. There's just random stuff like that, but I- I'm trying to lock down like like the guaranteed monies over like a long term, like the guaranteed salary over long term type contracts, so that I know like okay, th- this is like at bare minimum what my income is. This is how much money I can put into my content and like for creators out there, I would work work a job for as long as possible. If you can work a job and continue creating content and growing, do that. Because 100%. I was a pre med student in the in the honors college, working full time at Target, and doing social media at the same time. Like if I could do all that, you can definitely just work a job and do social media. Because I was posting three to five times a day, and I was trying to do YouTube then too. Posting all that content it takes a lot of time. But if I was able to do all that and get to where I am now, anybody out there can do the same. Like, you're not too busy. You just have shitty time management. That's all it comes down to at the end of the day. Bro, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, I've talked about this so many times in my other episodes. Not just, like, poor time management, but kids our age, they're just fucking around, man. They're, like, on TikTok all day. They're gaming all day. Like, like, when I see that, I'm just like, bro, you're only young for... A certain amount of time you got to get your shit together and get it going like people like yourself this is why i like spending people like yourself because like i, f- I feel like we're similar in a way where we, we're always trying to be productive with our time we're always trying to you know execute on new projects and and we're trying to actually get somewhere in life because uh, i think mm-hmm. um i don't want to i don't want to say like a lot of my friends but there's some people i used to you know spend time around and I stopped spending time with them because I knew we weren't going the right direction. Um, you know, the, these guys, they party, you know, they game. And I was literally the only guy that actually had the motivation to, you know, get some shit done. And, you know, this is just kind of a, I want to tell all the kids out there today, man, like the, the teenagers, like fucking get your shit together and do as much as you can. Because number one, being productive actually makes you a lot happier, which I find personally, like if I fill my schedule up, I don't have time to think about like depressing thoughts. I don't have time to um, literally no, I'm not wasting any time at all. Number two, I'm actually actually trying to succeed in something and you have much more of a chance succeeding in something if you actually try because if you don't try literally nothing's gonna happen for you um right now man i'm going to school for business at bcit so bcit is a school in vancouver here canada uh it's a very intensive program and i'm taking eight courses at once in june i had i literally had one exam every single day for one for a week and on top of that bro like i'm fucking i just started this podcast three months ago and i'm editing every single day bro i'm like i'm i'm just grinding i'm working on programs i also have one-on-one clients because i'm also a personal trainer so i'm like coaching um but fuck dude like this shit takes like a ton of time i don't have time to fucking drink i don't have time to party smoke whatnot and that's again like this is why i like spending time with you know people like yourself 
No, exactly. And first of all, like, congrats for all that. Like, the podcast alone, I, I know how much work going into content makes and long form content, going through it, editing it all down, chopping it up. That takes a lot of work. So, like, props to you for that. And then, thanks, man. For, for being in school, taking eight courses, and then, like you said, like an exam every single day, I've been right there. Like, yeah. that shit sucks. Like, that alone for most people is enough. Like, the average college kid, they'll do four or five courses a semester and be like, fuck, like, I can't do this. Like, this is hard as fuck. But it's really not. Like, you just got to fucking work. And the 100%. way I look at it is, I feel better when I'm doing stuff. Whenever I have something where, like, oh, like, I finally have a break and I'm not doing anything, it's like, shit, like, what, what am I doing with my life? Like, I want to go do something. I want to I wanna offer value to the world. I'm not just going to, like, sit around laying on the couch or play yeah. fucking video games. Like, like I was, in my last YouTube video, I was talking about, like, potentially getting into streaming. I don't know how to fucking play video games, but I would stream and do shit like this, like, talking, reacting to shit, just offering more content in a different lane 100%. to reach more of an audience, just something to provide entertainment just because like the video game stuff is cool but at the end of the day like nobody's getting anything out of that unless you're literally like a top five Fortnite player in the world and you're making money from that like you're, you're not really getting shit out of that and even that you look at them mentally and physically most Fortnite or esports players like they're not in a good spot like yeah they may be set financially but in terms of mentally and physically they're pretty much way at the bottom i couldn't fucking imagine staring at my computer for like 24 hours a day man like my eyes are fucking hurt like my eyes dry out and like my back will start hurting i get some hip tight hips and like physically like man it's just not good for you and even mentally yeah because i know like when you're playing video games you get a lot of release of like dope dopamine and like serotonin and shit and i guess like when you're off of that you're not playing video games you're just like not as happy right and so yeah no that's not it's you know financially sure but it's it's just at the end of the day it's not all about money no no like i could be doing what i'm doing now and make like just enough to get by and i'd be just as happy as if i made like a million dollars a year like it, it really doesn't matter to me uh, i'm not on either one of those numbers but like you get what i'm saying at the end of the day it's just about like gratification man just like being content for what you have because that's 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 what you know, I think a lot of people overlook it, especially people our age, man. I don't think people our age <laughs> is as like wise as you or like as, you know, because I, I feel like they're, especially social media these days, you we go on social media and you'll see everyone's like perfect. You get these influencers, they have the perfect bodies. They're, they're rich, they're driving a Lamborghini. They have like 10 girls surrounding them and for a lot of guys, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, that's the life I want. But you never know, man. Like, the people in those videos could be fucking depressed. Bro, I'm telling you, like, I'm in that scene. I see all those people. 90% of them are. Like, their life's a shit show. They're just putting on the ad. Like, they'll, they'll do the shit for social media. They'll put the phone down and be like, fuck. Like, they hate themselves. They hate their lifestyle. They hate, like, everything about it. Mm -hmm. So it's literally just that fake persona for social media to try and trick their audience into just kind of continuing their gain and their rise to just give them more money and that's not even what makes them happy at the end of the day that's so if, sad if you guys like really want to be so happy in life you got you gotta no literally like it's fucked up like i see it here and it's like damn I, I feel bad for you guys like yeah you have more money than me you may be better off in life than me but like you're really not like i'm happy with what i'm doing if you were to compare our lives right now i'm killing you like i'm winning way more than you are yeah you got more <laughs> money than me but like you're depressed as fuck you're sad you hate yourself you hate like everybody you know 
like i'd hate to be you bro yeah 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 man that's that's fucked bro if i ever if i ever get there man i want to i want to give back i want to be happy i want to spend my money on the right things i think i there's one tiktok i came across uh the other day i think it was pitbull and uh, he was talking about how people people were saying money doesn't buy happiness and pitbull was like money does buy happiness you just got to give it away i'm like fuck no way like cuz a lot of people nah, work really hard for that ass, money like, yeah bro like my, my goal is to like get a lot of money yeah but so i can like i want to retire my parents i want to make sure my family's all set like my parents my sister they're good like bro if i can do that <laughs> the amount of happiness i'll get from that it's like bro fuck a lamborghini fuck a mansion i don't give a fuck like i want to do that I want to take care of like random people on the street. I want to like go to a homeless person and change their life. Like give them everything that they could ever dream of. That's exactly what I want to do, man. Like my parents, they're always working so cuz they 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 weren't born in comfortable families. They were born, you know, financially not not very well and they came over to Canada and they had a really hard life, man, growing up. My mom would have to like take care of three kids and she'd have to work she had to buy groceries and we lived we, we didn't live in a really good place like we we lived in a, a really tr- shitty trashy place and that's all I want to do man I want to I if it, the one thing I want to do with money is be able to help my family out like you get all these people they want to make money just to buy shit that they want no I I, I do want to make money like to be completely transparent I want to make as much as much money as I can enough to yeah. actually be able to help people that's that's what i want man exactly like you got to be able to make enough to take care of yourself to reach that point it's like okay i have this money like i'm comfortable like i know like i don't need to worry anytime soon i can give away this much money or i can start doing this type of stuff but you got to reach that and protect yourself first because you have the platform like if you run out of money and you go under then your platform just kind of goes to waste and then you let even more people down Mm, yeah 100 percent. so we just hit the 56 minute mark i want to make sure you're okay on time to go for like another 10 20 minutes yeah okay perfect so hey i want to ask about a few videos that you've made recently and if you don't feel comfortable talking about it at all it's okay as well um because i know it can be a sensitive topic so i know you're making some videos about like sa and i was just wondering Mm -hmm. you know what got you into creating that type of content yeah, so that was something I went through when I was, like, 17, and, like, guys, I'm fine. Like, don't feel bad for me, I'm fine. Um, okay. But, like, I made one of those videos, and my mom, like, called me, and she was like, yeah, like, I just wanted to apologize, and I was like, mom, it's fine, like, it's fine. Like, don't feel bad for me, it's cool, but I just want to, like, bring more awareness to that and be, like, show people that, like, you'd be surprised how common it is in in guys, especially because guys really don't talk about it, so people think it doesn't really happen to guys. Mm-hmm. and i made the i made two videos about that both of them did decent um the first one did better than the second but a lot of guys in the comments either saying like yeah something similar happened to me which is like the guys who like totally get where i'm coming from they're empathetic in that whole side and then there's just like the immature guys just Fuck those making guys, jokes man. about it. it's like per- it's like personally i wouldn't let that side it's like bro like <laughs> Like, it, it's just like that. You get both sides of the spectrum there. But I just kind of wanted to start bringing, using my platform more. I think I've matured a lot in social media to the point where, like, I'm comfortable just being fully vulnerable. And I want to show everything on my platform. Like, I, I have the followers. It's not like you're going to reach a certain number of followers and be like, okay, like, 
now I can tell my story. It's like, nah, just whenever you're comfortable and you have that platform, just do it and try to impact people as positively as you can. And I figured, like I've been through something a lot of people haven't. I'm going to take them through my experience and show them, yeah, like you're not alone. Like it, it'll get better. And like my situation wasn't even like that bad, but still like it, it's something that to most people, like they never have to go through. Right. So I just kind of wanted to offer that out there because I know that even if it's a small target audience of just five people, if they see that video and they're impacted, like, damn, like he went through it, he's okay, then I can get through it. That's enough. Like that's enough for me to like put myself out there and be social media, even be, be vulnerable on social media, even if it only affects one person, but they look at that video and it's like, damn, like he's okay. Like he's been through the same thing I have. Like, that's enough. I don't care. I'll take all those, like, little Joe, Kate comments. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, if you're going to be on social media, you you got to be able to uh, take a take joke. Like, however they give a fuck. Yeah. So I just kind of want to use my platform and shed some light on that and just bring that up more. Especially, like, Men's Mental Health Month, another thing that gets greatly overlooked. Like, the suicide rates among men, just crazy. Stuff that doesn't get talked about. And pe- guys don't really come forward to talk about that shit because they think coming forward to talk about that is going to be like, oh, shit, like, it's kind of like I'm less of a man. And I'd rather just bottle up my emotions, be this big, tough guy that everybody expects me to be. But, it, like, the real world's not like that. You can be whoever you want to be. You just got to be open and be truthful with who you are. Yeah, I think society tries to portray men as this alpha masculine guy that can't show emotions or can't be vulnerable. Like, fuck that, man. Like, fuck being alpha. Like, sometimes I'm going to be vulnerable. Sometimes I'm going to cry my eyes out just because there's some, there's some shit that happened to me. Like, fucking life's not perfect, man. You just got to you gotta accept that. And um, you got to open yourself up. Like, you, you got to find help if you need help. And fuck, man. Like, it's just society is so fucked in a way that it's trying to drive people to be who they aren't. And I think mm-hmm. it's just, you know, what you got to you got to look inwards and you got to just be yourself and love who you are. Um, and if you're going through stuff, man, find someone to talk to. You know, I'm here. Right. If you ever need a fucking DM me or Ryan, you know, I, we're here, man. Like if, if you guys ever if you're, you're ever going through anything, I like I'm I've I'd be happy to to help out and, and, and talk. So. But yeah, hey, thank, thank, thanks for sharing that uh, the 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 essay thing. I think it, it is quite a sensitive topic, and I think definitely a lot of people might be going through the same thing. They just don't want to talk about it, and because you talked about it, they might feel more, I guess, more connected. And um, and like you said, you know, it's happened to you, and you know, they don't feel alone. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that's like the biggest thing in terms of that. Just like coming to terms with okay like whatever happened happened and now it's moving on it's like all right like it's in the past but like i still have the entire rest of my life ahead of me and i can learn from this i can grow from this and now i can do something like what i'm using my platform for i can help other people go through the same thing and kind of get through whatever situation they may be in and then get the most out of the rest of their life because coming to terms with like who you actually as a person if like everybody could do that, everybody's lives would just be so much better. But unfortunately nowadays, especially with social media, everybody's just trying to put on this fake persona of who they are back to our conversation earlier. Yeah. And in terms of essay, it's, it's that just on a whole bigger level. Cause it's trying to hide like the deepest, darkest thing that's ever happened to you and act like nothing's ever happened, but coming to actually accept that it has happened and acknowledging it is what's going to help 
get you past that mm. and allow you to just live your life and be stress-free, stress be happy, and be who you want to be in life uh, at the end. I love that, man. I love that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to find this episode helpful. Um, so what, what, if we just hit one hour, is there any like uh, last words you kind of want to give the audience, any tips, tricks, or just kind of general advice? Yeah, whatever you guys are trying to do in life, whether it's social media, becoming a doctor, professional athlete, no matter what you do, people are going to hate on you. People are going to doubt on you. As long as you know how to get to your goal, like you have this goal in your mind, you know how to get from point A to point B, literally just do it. There's nothing else that it comes down to. You know what to do. You know how to get there. Just hold yourself accountable. Be disciplined. And you will get everything you want in life. You can every single one of your dreams can be achieved. You can have all the money you want. You can have every single goal you want. But it's really just whether or not you want it bad enough to do everything that you need to do to get there. Because at the end of the day, it's really up to you. You you can say that it's up to other people and blame other people for you not being where you want to be in life. But at the end of the day, it's your choice and it's your actions that are going to get you where you you end up in life. Yeah, man. Like don't blame other people, man. Just like do what you can. Do what you can and look inwards, reflect on yourself and see what you can improve on. Because you see a lot of guys out there, they don't they don't get what they want and they're always blaming other people. Um, you know, maybe it could be the other guy's fault, but you you got to do you and you got to try your best. But yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you, Ryan, for again, for coming on to the show. That was an amazing episode. I think we had a really good talk. And I, I also learned a lot about, you know, working out I learned about yeah, a lot about yourself. I think that's why I like these longer format podcasts, because you get to learn a lot more about the influencer ra rather than just like watching a 30 second clip on them. Um, and then you get like different impressions on the influencer. But like the longer format, you know, you get a better understanding of 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 you know the influencer so um thanks again for coming on man like do you, do you have any questions before we wrap this up no, no i just want to say thank you again for having me on let me shoot the shit with you talk we talked about a whole bunch of different stuff got deep at some points talked about some gym bro shit it was cool it was a fun little podcast i'm definitely excited to see how it turns out